Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Thank you to the tech team back there. We don't realize when anything goes wrong, everybody turns around and looks at them. So let's just give them a hand. Thank you. And Jason, thank you for this morning. So today I am very excited to share the word with you. It's very different looking at the 10.30 and the 8.30. So I'm so happy you're here. It's a privilege and an honor. I don't take what I do lightly. And thank you for coming to listen. But I just want to give two announcements quickly. The Revelation teaching that was mentioned, if you can put your name at the back, it is actually on a video from Church of His Presence, and they're on their second week this Sunday. So anybody that wants to sign up for that will give you how you can get there. Then those of you that want to be on the chat group, some of you, if you chat too much, we're going to boot you off. But if you want to be on that chat group, let us know and we'll form the chat group. So join us if you want to do that. Then I know it's been announced, but the picnic. So Yanni, where are you, Yanni? Yanni is going to be doing this. She has a very clean house. She's a clean person. She's hygienic. So I want to encourage you. This is for a good cause. If you come for the picnic next week, you just pick up your lunch box. There's your lunch. And you get crisps with it, potato chips, and you get a cookie. We always liked what? Yes, in the fasting service, you can have two cookies. Can't wait. So please do that. It's $7 a box, so I'm going to do that. Then you just pick it up after each service, and if you forget, we'll take it to the picnic. It saves a whole lot of work. So if you can do that. So today, I just want to show you, how many of you enjoyed Dwayne last week? It was a good message. So I want to show you what the Dwayne put his work where his mouth was. He came and he helped us. He had that prophetic word about the ceiling. So can you just show those slides, the first one? This is what this building looked like. And if you have a look, you might see Tom and Rod and um, Dwayne, and there's also Joey, um, Mike. You'll see Mike just now. But I want you to look up on the ceiling. Can you see which way the lights are now? Do you see the difference? So what happened is we were going to get new lights, but they're so expensive, so we refurbished these, painted them, Rod made them LED, and we shoved them back again. So there you have it. Next slide. And this is what the building looked like during the week, and then it would look like this on a Sunday. And then we'd trash it again. So there, I think, where's Dwayne? Oh, he's packing. And then you go to the next one. And there's Mike McDermott and Dwayne. And we used to have that divider. I don't know if you remember, John, all the way through here. And this was the entrance of the church. So we had to have curtains up to block the light coming through. So isn't it incredible what's been done? So I just wanted to show you that Dwayne was here. And I did have a picture of Rod and Tom, but I'm not allowed to show you. So if I get permission when we have our anniversary... I might show you, but I have to get permission. So today, I want to speak to you on chosen, now choose, which is part of the walking with God. And it's like I was saying earlier, I was going to call it divinely drafted. But then I thought that reminded me of a brewery, and I didn't want (laughs) to give any honor to alcohol. 
Then I was going to call it the chosen Avengers, but then they're not real, and we're real. Then I was going to call it the chosen Mavericks. I thought that's masculine. But then all the girls are going to think Tom Cruise, and the guys are going to think motorcycles and war, correct? War planes. Then I was going to call it chosen and unstoppable. But then the Lord spoke to me and said, Baal, you can be chosen but not choose me. Therefore, you've stopped yourself. So I couldn't call it that either. Because unless you choose him, you're going to stop the very thing that God has for you. So I decided to just settle with chosen, now choose. So that way there's no alcohol involved, there's no fictitious characters, and there's no Tom Cruise. Just get us. I used to like Tom Cruise. I used to think, anyway, we won't go there. Then I saw how short he was. <laughs> In real life, you know, they make the doors small, so he looks tall. It's telling me to move. It is, I did. I had a life-size poster of David Cassidy from the Partridge family. Oh! <laughs> then I met my husband. He's <laughs> telling me to wind it in. You're much better than David Cassidy. You are poorer, but much better. <laughs> okay, Matthew 22. Verses 14, I know I didn't marry, I didn't marry my husband for his money. I married him for his heart and I'm waiting for the money. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll move on. <laughs> I do love you. <laughs> Matthew, I'm getting into trouble. What? Oh, no. I had a picture of him, though, and I practiced writing Valerie Palmer before he even asked me. <laughs> How many of you girls did that? Be honest. The guy you liked, you practiced your name and their last name. No, that doesn't look good. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Matthew 22, verse 14, it says, For many are, many are called, but few are chosen. There is a difference. I have to emphasize this scripture because the other scriptures are different. This is referring to the um, parable of the wedding feast where the king's son was getting married. He had invited everybody, all the nobles, the, all the to-dos, and they came back and because they were too busy, they would not accept the king's request. So then he sent another request out and those are the ones that didn't have the time of day for him and they didn't come. So he decided to invite all the riffraff. They came in. One person came in unappropriately dressed, was not clothed correctly, and got kicked out. And, this, and that's where he said, for many are called, but few are chosen. And what he's saying there is you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior to be clothed with his blood so that you can then be chosen to enter in. This is a different chosen. This is the one where every single one of us are chosen but are you going to choose to respond to that? So there, I have to show the parallels of the difference. And I want to show you the fish jumping. I tried to. So here you are. You're called. You are chosen. That's what that's. But now I've got to jump from this bowl and get into this bowl to say, yes, Lord, I will. I choose you. Otherwise, I'm going to stay in this bowl every day of my life going, I'm chosen. I'm called, I'm chosen, I'm called. Well, you're doing absolutely nothing. You've got to say, yes, Lord, I choose you. I'm going to come this side. Because you chose me, I in response choose you. Therefore, you are chosen. 
Corrie ten Boom says, if the devil can't make you sin, he will make us busy. Isn't that sad? Because they have the same effect. They cut you off from your connection with God. They cut you off with your connection from each other. They also cut you off from your connection of your own soul. So you don't even know where you are. And I'm going to go to, I'm going to be just expounding a little bit on the story of Jeremiah, the introduction of his call to God. So Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 to 9. It said, the word of the Lord came to me saying, do you see how personal that is? Not us, so sift out who he's talking to. The word of the Lord came personally to me. When God speaks, he speaks personally to you. Don't think, you know, when messages come and you're sitting there and you're thinking, I wish so-and-so was here or my husband. Or, no, no, no. God's speaking to you. We have to accept the word that he says for us. And I want to show you that his word is personal. It is individual and intimate. His word is perpetual where it's everlasting. It doesn't end. And his word is predestined. It is certain. It is already told of. It never ends. So my heart's cry always is, God, speak to me. But they're not just there. I go, I don't just want to hear you. I want to listen. How many of you men have been guilty of that, where you are actually, you're listening to your wife, but you don't even hear her? Yeah, I'm listening, I'm listening. You've got my attention, I know. But I know nothing's going through. Not just men, women do it too, let me tell you. You can't just listen. You've got to hear what the voice of God is saying. There's a big difference. So let's carry on. Verses four to seven, it said, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Who set you apart? I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young, but the Lord said to me, so now let's just stop there. So here God's calling him. He says, I've known you. I've called you. I've set you apart. I've spoken to you and I'm telling you. So what does he say? He gives an excuse. I can't do it. I can't speak, number one, and I'm too young. How many of you do that? God, I can't do this. I, I'm, well, yeah, you without God. No, you can't, but with God. I can do all things through who? Christ who strengthens me. Sounds like an interruption from the Lord. Will you allow God to interrupt you so that he can get your attention? Let's go on. It says, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. And you know, I love it. Whenever you put the I am there, he says, don't say I am too young. Because every time you say I am, you're saying his name. And he is the I am. Because as he is, so am I. So when you're going, I can't, what are you saying? He can't. Oh, it's a big pill to swallow, isn't it? Verse 8. So the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone that I, everyone that I send you to and say whatever I command you. Isn't that what our lives are supposed to be? God, send me whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Take me wherever you want me to go, I'll go. He says, do not be afraid of them. Too many of us are afraid of what people will think. 
I don't care. I used to care what people think. Now I don't care. Too bad, too sad, your problem. Correct? Takes, it's hard to get to that point. Then we try so hard to make you like me, and then you don't like me anymore. I do one thing wrong, so what's the point? It's not worth the effort. So he says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. He doesn't say maybe. He says, I will do it for you. So God chose you. I'm going to ask you this morning, will you choose him? That is the big question. So I'm going to just give an example I didn't give this morning about yielding to what God's called you to do. Our um, daughter, Natalie, she's in Aspen, Colorado. She is a physician assistant. She works in the hospital by day and she plays music by night. In the um, pandemic, she, she loves music and she went to a wedding, saw a DJ, so she learned to DJ, got all the equipment, um, trained herself, did an Ableton course in, through England on a correspondence course. She sings beautifully and has started out in the worst of the worst jobs. And last night she played for the opening. How many of you know Hudson, Harry Hudson? He's an inspiration cancer survivor and he does folk singing. How many of you know the Chainsmokers? That's not a very nice name, but they were also there. So she played, then they followed up, and then Kygo. Who knows Ky Come on, guys, where have you been? Sorry, it's lost on me. Well, I'm glad I feel young. <laughs> anyway, but just to, the reason I'm saying this is Natalie has taken what God has given her, and she's using it. She's reaching people I can never reach. She's reaching people you can never reach. And she's loving it. So take what God has given you, allow him to put you in the places and use it. Otherwise you lose it. Amen? So there's a common statement. I'm gonna share with you two statements today that I can't stand and you'll never hear me use them. Number one is you do you. Have you heard that? Oh, you just do you. Oh, you believe in, oh, you can sleep with as many people as you want before you get married, and you can be asexual, bisexual, unisexual, undersexual, oversexual, I don't know what you call them. No. That is not you do you. It's not right. We have to follow what the Word of God says. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to show you the good side of you do you and the bad side of you do you. So the good side of you do you is... If you want to wear those clothes, wear them. You might look hideous, but hey, you think you look lovely. Wear them. You might love certain hairstyles. Some of you have no choice. <laughs> well, we could shave it. I said to the last group, if you don't have hair, just put a lawnmower, a tattooed lawnmower on the back there, and then it looks like it's... <laughs> I, and I said, I have, honestly, I have had just about every hairstyle there is to have. I, his sister and I, I had the afro. I mean, the bigger, I had one of those picks. The bigger I could get it, the better. It was just, we, there was a fire in one of the houses and we were cleaning and his sister and I looked up and our hair was cleaning more than. <laughs> then there was another time where I had hair down to here, blonde hair, curly and I went to my hairdresser who actually won awards. He actually won an um, Oscar award. And he did my hair for free. He was very out there. And he said, Val, let's do a complete change. I'm like, I'm in. 
So from this long, curly, blonde hair, we cut to a bob, a long bob, pitch black and straight. And uh, on top of that, so the eyebrows match, he dyed my eyebrows. <laughs> so I come home, my husband thinks he's committed adultery. He's like, who are you? <laughs> he was livid. And since then, I've had it. I've had it read. I mean, I've done everything. So we were at a, we had a elders get together that night, and Rod was just we were just not talking to each other, and I didn't hide it. He went that side of the house. I went that side. We weren't speaking to each other, and every time he looked at me, I did this. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble, so just rub it in, you know. <laughs> it didn't last long. So you do you can be a good idea, but here's where it's not good, is when you're going to just do you do you when it's outside of what the Word of God says. It doesn't, the Scripture doesn't say to you, oh, well, I'll get to that. So let's just go to Jeremiah again, chapter 1, verse 4 to 9, and I'm going to read it in a different way, the way that it would be written with you just do you which is probably the mentality that we bring a lot to the situations in our lives, and it's not good advice. So here goes. We're going to read this in the, the view of you do you. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And this was Jeremiah's response. Alas, sovereign Lord. Um, he said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. So here comes the do, you do you. And the Lord said to me, just do you. You don't know how to speak. Don't speak. I thought I made you, but you do you. I thought I was the sovereign God who put you together. I thought the, I was the one who spoke you out of nothing before you were formed in your mother's womb. But hey, just do you. Could you see God doing that? So then why do we do that? Why do we think we can get away with it? God did not tell Jeremiah to do you. What did God say? I knew you. I know everything about you before you were formed. I know your character, your nature, your likes, your dislikes. I know you. Do you know that God knows you better than you know you? Because you have perceptions of yourself and you also compare so you try and be like someone else. Um, I remember listening to, I don't know if any of you remember Mike Wonky back when, and he, he was just a no good for nothing, and he ended up in the military and got saved and has a ministry, but he had long hair, and he had bells on the end of his hair. So when he went to the military, I remember him sharing that he sat down and he said he had to have his hair cut, and he just heard snip jingle, snip jingle, snip jingle. And he said his vocabulary, because he was so spaced out and on drugs, he says, my vocabulary was, wow. He said, I could even say it backwards. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> anyway, so the Lord corrected Jeremiah. And I want to go to verses 7 and 8. And if you can find it in your Bibles, or if you can just do these little circles so you can remember. But if you can find Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. And if you can pull that up, where he says, do not say, I am too young. 
you must go. You see, they used must in scripture. South Africans are always saying, you must do this. You must do that. And when I first came here, Lisa said to me, Val, that's not very kind. You sound bossy. We always say you must. It doesn't mean, it means just do it. Okay? So, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's not bossy, that's instructional. <laughs> okay, do not say I am too young, you must go. Circle the do and circle the you. So now are you going to do you or are we going to go down? And he says, do not be afraid of them for I am, circle I am, with circle you. So now let's go to the next one and link them together where the green lines are. If you are going to do you, make sure I am is there. If it's I am and I do me or I do me and I am, who's the common denominator? I am. You have to do me through I am, if that makes sense. You can't just do it on your own. Because do you has little significance. It's the I am in me. You just do it assuming that you've met you. Factors of what God knows that you didn't. There's so much he knows about you that you don't know. So I'm going to go to Genesis 25 quickly, 20 and 28. I'm going to give you a synopsis. We have twin brothers, and it's Esau and Jacob. And Esau had the birthright. Even though he was the naughty boy, didn't follow after God, Jacob had a heart after God, obeyed his parents. And what happened is that Esau went out, and he didn't catch anything, got hungry, came home, saw his brother who had made stew, and he said, I will give you my birthright for a bowl of stew. How many of you have handed over your birthright for things, houses, boats, other passions? Don't hand over your birthrights. Seek after God diligently with all your heart. Okay, Ian, I need you up here, please. Oh, there's another one. So you can stand. Not yet, Ian. You don't have to exercise yet. Sorry, I'm just, you must. There's another thing, living your truth. Have you heard that? Oh, I'm living my truth. Well, where did you get your truth from? The professor? The media, your peers, scripture says you were taught with regard to your former life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires. You ought to give that up. We have a generation that says live your truth. But you know what? Popularity is not the truth. Choosing whatever gender you want whenever you want is not the truth. Uh, there's a lot, but I won't go there. Some of you are trapped and you're trapped in your personality, and you go, oh, it's, that's just me. Absolute rubbish. And I said in the previous service, just because you're an introvert, it doesn't mean you're the only one that stays home and does the intercessory prayer and hides, and you're the extrovert, so you go out and evangelize. Scripture's told us to do all of it. I don't care what your personality is. You get out and you do it. There's some places I go that's so quiet that I feel like I'm miserable but I'm there and making the most of it. There are other places where the introverts are miserable and I don't care. Come along with us and enjoy the ride. Yes. You'll get happy. Amen? Yes. We're called to do it all. Don't put your personality 
as an excuse. If you say someone brings out the worst in you, why is it in you in the first place? If the kind of person that I am doesn't match the kind of person that he is, I have got to change some things. I have to become like him. God didn't tell Jeremiah, do you? He said, I knew you. Okay, Ian, now you can come up. You must. He's so sweet. So here what happens is that we get into the trap of we, what we call a truth. So for example, you know, you're gonna get yourself into shape, you're gonna get yourself into discipline, um, because Rod gets up at five in the morning, you're gonna get up at four and pray, and because Jeff does a marathon, you're gonna do two, and so you start the treadmill. Now you're on the treadmill of life. You just, you are self-disciplined, you're a religious person, and here you go, you're on a good trip. So now the enemy's got you out of settling into striving. And guess what? You're on this treadmill. Where are you going? How, how far is Ian going? Nowhere. So you get on that treadmill in doing this. It's a trap. You're going absolutely nowhere. That's why I hate gym. <laughs> I think I've done 20 minutes and I've done two. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to get off this thing. <laughs> so just do you. Cheats you of your future. It treats, cheats you of your accomplishments, so you just get out on the trap. So then you decide, okay, now that I'm on this treadmill, something that you think that you were living for is you're just talking about your past all the time, what you did in the past, how good I was there, what I did there. Well, that's great, but what are you doing today? Absolutely nothing. Okay? You're chasing after something that you saw that you thought was a happy family. What's wrong with my family? Comparison. Chasing after the future. You Okay, so now the treadmill, the incline gets bigger and the pace gets faster. Okay, so now I'm gonna go to high school, then I'm gonna go to college, get a degree, then I'm gonna get a really good job to pay my bills, to pay that degree, and then I'm gonna get a house, a car, a boat, and I'm gonna have all these things and be happy and be fulfilled. Now you're busy and you're exhausted. So, guess what happens? <laughs> yeah. All right, then the incline comes to the treadmill. So now it's even more hard work to keep going. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. I've got to have more social media likes. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Get off the treadmill. Get on to God. And just say, God, what is it that you have for me? I don't care about if I'm not popular. I don't care if I'm not on Twitter. Only twits do Twitter anyway. And I'm <laughs> Sorry if you do Twitter. I've got enough to. I'm telling you. God bless you. Okay, Ephesians 1 verse 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He chose you. You can never get away from that. Run, hide, sit, put a bushel over your head. You will never get away from God has chosen you and he is with you. What you do with that is up to you. Yes. Ephesians 1.11, in Christ we were chosen to be God's people. God had already planned for us to be his people because that is what he wanted. He wants you. Isn't that incredible to be wanted? 
God wants you. So these are things that we have to agree with God, six things that we need. And at the end, if you want to take a picture, I have all six on one, so you don't have to. The first one is we need to learn how to agree with God about what he says you are, not what you think you are. Number two, how to agree with him about what he says is still possible for you at this point in your life. You're not expired. And it's like I said to someone, the only time you stop this is when you're dead, when you don't breathe. And if we paddle you back to life again, guess what? You got to keep going. All right. Number three, how to agree with God about his priorities. What is important to you might not necessarily be important to him. Are we just so busy? The next one, how to agree with God about his values. I have a heart for people that struggle with their sexuality. I have a heart for those who are, are suicidal. I have a heart for, but at the end of the day, I have to take them and introduce them to Jesus, who is the only one that can heal their heart. I don't lambaste them. I don't judge them. I don't criticize them. I present the love of Jesus to them. And then it's up to Holy Spirit to do the rest. What is that lovely Billy Graham quote? God's job to judge, Holy Spirit's job to convict, my job to love, and I'm going to do it well. Uh, what did I get to what number? Number five, stop agreeing with your limitations. Number six, stop arguing about your past. You got hurt. You got rejected. Well, who didn't? Let's just get up and you must go again. Yes. Here you go. All right, and lastly, I'm going to leave you with six mindsets to become who God created you to be. The first one is, I am not stuck unless I stop. You can't blame anybody for you being stuck. Get yourself out. And if you can't, call for help. The second one, Christ is in me. I am enough. Not I'm going to be enough. I am enough. Number three, with God, there is always a way. And by faith, I will find it. Number four, God is not against me, but he is in it, with me, working through me, fighting for me. Isn't that amazing? In it, through it, with me, and fighting for me. Number five, everybody needs to hear this. My joy is whose job? My job. Everybody else's job? Your spouse's job? Happy wife, happy life, biggest lie in the world. Seriously, women, I want to ask you, what if your husbands come home and they're miserable? Isn't the whole household miserable? So it works both ways. I'm sorry, your happiness depends on him. Your relationship, him and you, don't blame anybody else. God has given me everything I need for the season that I'm in, is number six. Can you go back? Go back one? Thank you. God has given me everything, me, everything that I need for the season that I'm in, irrespective of where you find yourself. So I'm going to ask you this morning, please, if you can just close your eyes. If you don't know Jesus, firstly, the step is that you need to accept Jesus into your life. It's a very simple thing to do. It's not so easy to walk out. But with God in us, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, all you have to do is just reach out and say, Jesus, I surrender. I accept you into my heart. I give you my life. 
Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my guide. And then for all of us this morning, I know, I know God has highlighted some areas in my life where I know I've been chosen, but I didn't choose. And you know that we can be walking this way and realizing, okay, these are the reasons I've done this, but I need a change. So all you do is turn this way and go in this direction and let God take you to the place of where you need to be. So Father, I thank you that before I formed you, you knew me. I wanna thank you that we are not chasing your love, we're not chasing your acceptance or your grace, that it has already been given to us through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that we leave behind the lies from this day forward and that we lean into truth about your faith and your trust that sets us free. We thank you that we are chosen by you and we now choose to put ourselves in the path of your power today. Father, I declare rain over the seed that has been sown and for an increase of justice, peace and joy. Our eyes have not seen and our ears have not heard, nor has it entered the heart of a man that you've prepared for those who love you and you love, but you have revealed it by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your revelation, for your grace to change. And thank you, Father, for making all things new. We choose to choose you today in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Valerie and all your side notes that went with it. <laughs> Those that uh, have joined us online, thank you for joining us. Um, I was just reminded that I was having this little chat with the Lord when we first got here, and we were in the mix of it, and it was tough, and it was tough in all directions. And I said, Father, why did you call us from Cape Town, Southern Hemisphere, thousands, 8,000 miles away to come to Flagler and to plant a church? He says, Rod, I don't want you to get a really big head about yeah. this. He says, but um, you were choice 25. <laughs> All the others said no to come. So anyway, I'm choice 25, it's, uh, and we're here 19 years, and so... But God's, from that message, I feel God's calling us up. He says, come. As I was saying that Val and I call ourselves married, and I lived in California, and she lived in Flagler. There'd be an issue with that marriage. It's all about proximity. What's your proximity with the Lord? And I feel that the message today is, was inviting us to close that proximity to however close we can get. I mean, John, he was the, he's, he, he's the only one that wrote that, I'm the disciple the Lord loved. He, said, he, no, he didn't say that I. He says there was a dis, the disciple the Lord loved. And he was the only one that wrote about it. And he was the one that used to lay his head on Jesus' chest. He pursued God. And I think we all have that opportunity. And I think where he's taken us as a family, the fruit of it, you'll, be see, you'll see it. You'll see the fruit of walking in that proximity. And uh, so I just... Thank the Lord for his word. Father, I thank you that you've uh, stirred us, you've challenged us, you've brought us to that place where we can 
weigh ourselves and allow ourselves to be measured by your word today. And I thank you that your spotlight of your word doesn't condemn us, but invites us and entices us and, 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 and brings us to that place where we make that decision and we choose. And so, Father, I thank you that we walk with you closer and closer because your love does that to us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you, those that uh, we need prayer, that come up. The prayer team is looking out for you. We can pray for you. Do not leave. Also, do not leave without putting your name down and, and, and ordering your picnic um, meal for next week. And so we're going to celebrate 19 years. I'm preaching next week. In fact, I'm preaching for the next two weeks. So brace yourself. I'm excited about what God's going to say. Um, we're going to just break you up, let you go to the bathroom, and those that have to run, keep running, and then we'll call you back by microphone and, and have our business meeting. Lord bless you. Loving each other because church ain't over until you've said hi to at least 10 people. God bless you. <laughs>